After one long night over two movies, the third wreck shakes things up by dropping the found footage format and relocating to a wedding reception. Wreck Genesis is such a massive change for the franchise that it's proven divisive amongst fans. So let's see where we land. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. As a horror movie podcast, we get together, uh, we talk about horror movie. Uh, we are recording ahead right now. Tim's about to leave for his second baby. <laughs> so he'll be gone for, uh, I don't know, six months, seven months, something like that. Um, but we will have most of that covered with banked episodes. And what a better time, uh, and we've done this a few times already as we're banking these episodes, but to get back and do an entry in a franchise that we've, you know, we've not hit in a little while that we started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today we're going to look at Wreck 3 Genesis. So we did Wreck 1. <laughs> I want to say that was like an October movie in like 2018 or 2019. <laughs> it was like, right. yeah. And then we did Wreck 2 uh, when we were prepping for your first baby. We were doing like <laughs> a, a zombie month and we did Wreck 2 then. Mm-hmm. So we're here again with Wreck 3. Uh, so you have to have a third kid so we can do the fourth one at some point. But oh sure, <laughs> uh, we're here for Wreck the Genesis, which is it sounds like it's a prequel from the title, but it's actually not. The word Genesis doesn't actually refer to the, the start of the the zombie virus. It's just mm-hmm. it, it's got a biblical connotation that it gets to in the in the story. Uh, but connotation. Uh, it's an interesting pivot for the franchise because uh, it starts in found footage, but then changes to traditional filmmaking. Uh, after about 20 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. Notably, uh, the title screen doesn't appear until it makes that switch. So it's, it's, And it's only an 80-minute movie, so for, as far as percentages of the movie go before the title card appears, this one, you know, not counting movies that leave it to the end, because obviously they're, you know, at the end. But mm-hmm. for movies that do it after a little scene and then give you the title, this is probably the furthest into a movie I've seen a title appear that I can think of. Mm-hmm. But I could be, you know, I could be wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been watching movies my whole life, and I've <laughs> uh, I've crunched the numbers, and I find the perfect time for a title to appear is exactly seven minutes and forty nine seconds into the motion picture. Even that feels a little little late, but maybe maybe it isn't. Maybe there's a lot of movies that have like a big opening scene that takes a few minutes, and yeah. well. I I'm, I'm including at least one trailer. <laughs> You're including the trailer in this. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh so yeah, as always we'll start spoiler free. We'll give you warning before we go into the spoilers. Uh there may be some spoilers for the first two. I don't think they'll come up that much to be honest before we get to spoilers, but uh just in case, we'll, I'll give you a, a soft warning for those. Uh but uh once again it's a zombie movie uh, set at a wedding. Uh, and that's basically the premise. We'll get into specifics later, but uh, there's a few little connections to the the other movies to sort of you know make it feel like it's in the same universe. But otherwise, it's not following characters from the previous two films. It's not in the same apartment building that both one and two were set in. So it does feel like a, a pivot point in in many ways from those first two. So uh, yeah, I mean, both seen this before. I'm right in saying right. Uh yeah yeah I I watched it before. I think. The fourth one, I I don't know if I've seen, but uh, I I know I I've seen I've seen this one. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it was on Netflix for a while because I, I think I just kind of randomly put it on one day. Yeah, I, I, 
I saw the first one when it became available on like at the time it was probably DVD. Uh, was it? No, no, it was Blu-ray. No, because that was two thousand nine. It was Blu-ray. Um, and then the second one, I actually got to see in the theater, which was a fun time. It was kind of cool to see, like I think know. I remember you talking yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's not often, at least at the time, I didn't. It was kind of a new thing to get to see, like a sort of uh, an indie horror foreign movie in the theater. But times were mm-hmm. changing, I guess, and I, I got the opportunity. Um, <laughs> this one, I think, I it was back to just seeing on Blu-ray, and I think part of that is because it didn't get a theatrical release in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong in that, but I don't feel like it did. So I think I just blame bought the Blu-ray and, and watched it that way. Um, so, yeah, we'll get into it. I have seen the fourth one. I don't remember a whole lot about it, but uh, <laughs> that's for another day. So we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but I guess the question that uh, I have to ask uh, to start this off, to get the ball rolling, to break the ice, as one might say. Tim? Uh-huh. <laughs> what did you think of Rick Genesis? Ooh, you sassy little man. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I was, I was uh, taken back by that question. Uh, um, yeah, I... <laughs> Just because I put a dramatic pause in, Tim, doesn't mean you have to put in five in your first sentence. <laughs> uh, I actually like this one quite a bit. It's not the... It doesn't feel as, like big or important or as different as like the first one or um i i mean maybe even a a little bit uh you know um the i i guess to the second one as well um but uh to me it's just kind of like dumb fun like uh you know like the, the first one is just like a hands down just a really cool like i don't know it feels different it felt like you know new and I don't know, maybe like more serious and cool and just, um, yeah, doing a lot of really like neat, interesting ideas. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily like get that in this movie, but, um, I don't know. I, I just find it to be kind of a fun time. I find the characters are pretty enjoyable. Um, you know, the setting is fun. It's a little different. Um, I, I think the first time I, I watched it, I was like a little like, how dare they switch like, you know, uh, formats, like, you know, a third into the movie or whatever when they go from found footage to not whatever but um watching it now i don't really care it's like oh yeah it's fine whatever um do you think that's just because you're more tired of found footage uh that, that's probably it i think i feel like at the time it was like oh my god like you know wreck is like a, a sacred found footage genre and now i'm just like you know who cares you can do whatever you want like you know as long as it's entertaining like i don't really give a shit um and and also just knowing it's coming, it's not as uh, jarring. But uh, I don't know. You know, there's some pretty fun kills, uh, and I think it's mostly just the. Or I think a big part of it is that I find you know the two leads to be, um, you know, pretty charming. Um, I think uh, especially the bride. Uh, you know, I quite liked her uh, character and her uh, journey, and she gets like some pretty badass moments. Um, and yeah, so. And that's like, you know, I hope it doesn't sound reductive when I say like, oh, yeah, it's not like groundbreaking or like this awesome new cult sensation that, you know, the first one was. But, you know, it doesn't always have to be. Sometimes a sequel, you just want to have some dumb fun. And, uh, you know, I think that's what you get here. I think there's maybe a few times here and there where it may like it might look a little cheap or whatever. Uh, but 
Yeah, uh, you kind of forgive it for just, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, for just not worrying too much about it and just having a, a fun, dumb time. Yeah, I. It's it's funny the switch to to live or not live action. It was always live action, but the switch <laughs> to to regular movie making is kind of weird in the sense that it's called Wreck, and the reason why it's called Wreck is because it was found oh, yeah. <laughs> But I I do appreciate the choice in the sense that the the creators went, you know what. Mm-hmm. we've done what we could with found footage the first one's a great movie the second one surprisingly mm-hmm. played with the format and sort of like experimented with it a bit more and did some different things with it so it felt fresh mm-hmm. still uh and i i appreciate they got into the third one and I, although admittedly only one of the, the two directors came back because the first two were co-directed uh by paco plaza and another dude uh whereas in this one it's just paco plaza and but mm-hmm. i do appreciate the choice like you know what I've done all I can with the fun footage. Let's just switch to regular regular movie. You know, we'll have a little bit at the start mm-hmm. and we'll make it more of a transition. Um, that being said, I don't like this movie all that much after this viewing. I think I was uh, I was mm-hmm. closer to you before. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching it this time, I kind of felt like, yeah, there's a couple of cool moments with the bride uh, and a chainsaw in particular. But <laughs> it, felt, it feels a little bit rushed. I, and I think the big thing for me is that uh, it it kind of tries to play the emotional beats a lot in this one, where because sure. mm-hmm. so much of the movies that like the bride and groom are separated and they're trying to find each other amidst all the zombie chaos, and every time mm-hmm. it tried to pay, play the emotion where one of them was like, worried the other one was dead or the touching reunion moments or mm-hmm. it all kind of felt like all this is hinging on the first twenty minutes, which was like all the the photographs of them being happy and a couple of snippets of the mm-hmm. wedding speech and dancing at the wedding and. I'm just like, I don't think you earned me caring about these two and their, you know, romantic pairing all that much. So mm. a lot of that stuff came off as kind of forced and cheesy to me. Uh, mm. I did it as a couple of cool gory moments, uh, but there's also a lot of silly stuff in this. Like, uh, you know... At it's one definitely po- a bit more comedic than the, yeah, the previous ones. Like at one point in the groom dress, he's in like a, like a suit of armor that he finds lying around. <laughs> 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 there's a character dressed as a sponge... <laughs> Joe Sponge, not Bob, because there was a copyright issue. <laughs> not, I think, admittedly, though, I, I thought those were pretty funny <laughs> gags. I think, I think the first time I watched that, I probably, I remember thinking that I wasn't into the early parts of the movie all that much. But mm-hmm. once it switched, and particularly once it got to the second half, where we were getting more interesting uh, chaos mm-hmm. and like zombie scenes, I think I sort of get into just kind of the silly fun of it. I think this time I was kind of noticing just how little um, it, it did a job of making me care about anything. And I think especially when you compare it to the first two, which do a really good job of just feeling very frantic mm-hmm. and every, everyone's like, there's not a lot, at least I don't remember a lot of cheesy stuff in the first two where someone's no, getting emotional so. about losing someone or anything like that. Everyone's just really frantic and scared. Mm-hmm. And the moments that sort of land are the moments of panic when someone's quietly trying to hide or or something like that, where he's like, okay, you know what, I buy this because the entire movie's built me up to this point where they've been terrified and running for their lives. Whereas this one is trying to be a bit more old school and that it's trying to do, mm-hmm. like, characters try to get back to each other and making uh, dramatic choices because they love each other. And I don't think I quite ever feel it in the movie. I don't think it's, like, terrible and I don't think it's a hard watch. I mean, it's 80 minutes. It's, mm-hmm. like, super quick. Uh but maybe almost to its detriment, where it feels like it could have done a little bit more to make me care about the characters and uh, perhaps give me more of a more of a sense of geography of this location they're at, which is like you know a, 
there's obviously a church and there's like a big sort of uh, banquet hall and uh, I don't know if they're in the, mm. maybe like a some kind of centre or maybe at the bottom of a hotel or whatever it is but mm-hmm. I, I, I was wondering like oh, there could maybe be more fun here with like understanding how how far away they are from each other and like you know what are the obstacles mm-hmm. and rooms to get through to get to the other characters and things like that I don't know if the movie ever really made me feel like I understood uh, the geography of it so I, I didn't get into kind of the that side of it it kind of it kind of felt like just the characters would be separate until the movie decided that conveniently this was when they wouldn't be separate anymore to me mm-hmm. but I, I mean you know I, I may be being a little bit harsh but I, I think it's not really that controversial as I mean to say that it's a definitely definitely a fairly big step down from the first two because I, I think the second mm-hmm. one is surprisingly it holds surprisingly well to compare to the first one the first one is the better movie but the second one gets pretty close it's a really good second movie uh, I think this one feels more like, oh, this is just a sequel that exists to be a sequel. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whereas the second one felt like it actually continued the story that was set up in the first one. This one just feels like, ah, oh, it's it almost feels like a spinoff. It's just uh, somewhere else in the city oh, yeah, yeah. when the zombie outbreak's happening. Um, and yeah, it's like completely different location, completely different yeah. characters. And admittedly, I don't remember the fourth one being that good to be honest, but the fourth one mm-hmm. does continue the main story so it does make this one feel um, even more uh like detached d- yeah detached it feels more le- mm-hmm. like out of left field and just kind of like here for the sake of it. it it almost makes me think that it'd have been worth just making a zombie movie but i, I guess obviously calling it rec mm-hmm. 3 like helps it out financially and you know sure yeah you know. so i I get why, but it, it just kind of feels like ah, oh, you can just not a different zombie. There's, there's basically two small connections. Uh, well, okay, I, okay, one small and one big. I'll say one big because how the zombies operate and function and why they're zombies is kind of a big connection. But uh, yeah. other than that, there's just a kind of a reference as to where, like, why the virus is here. Like, there's a mm-hmm. reference to a dog, uh, like a kennel, which is like something that was brought up in the first movie. So, mm-hmm. and that's that's basically that. That's your that's your tether. Uh, yeah, I guess I assume this is taking place on the same night as a uh, wreck one. Probably, I think so. Maybe the no, next yeah. night, yeah, push. But <laughs> I think it's the same night because you even see like on the news in the background at one point that there's chaos in the city, uh, mm. which I presume is the apartment building and all the emergency services are going there and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So I, I, I guess I would sum up by saying I'm lukewarm. Like I, I think it's kind mm-hmm. of a a middling film with a with a few fun moments don't get me wrong there's a couple of fun chainsaw bits and whatnot but uh mm. other than that the characters kind of fell flat for me so uh they kind of worked for me i thought uh maybe i, I thought they were like kind of charming enough and then again like I, I understand what you're saying like how maybe there's not like a ton of build-up but also it's like i mean where where the wedding like you know i can assume that they you know, are pretty, uh, you know, pretty in love. And I don't know. I feel like, you know, if you've ever been to a wedding, like it does kind of feel like, you know, like emotions and stuff are heightened. Um, so I, I think that's an interesting choice to to have it set. And I don't know, it gives me like enough, you know, to kind of root for the couple. Um, I mean, I, I agree, though. It's like it, it is a big step down from the other two movies. Like, uh you know, because again, it's not like those movies do feel like oh, they're we're doing something really cool and different, and um, that, that feels like a, a level of technique there. Yeah, yeah, this feels more generic though, right? Because like the first two feel oh, like yeah, this fresh new way to do a zombie movie. Yeah. This movie, other than a couple of little plot points, just feels like oh, this is just a regular zombie movie with some hijinks in it. 
Yeah, but I think there's an I don't know for me there was enough stuff there and that it moved quickly enough that like uh I don't know, I, I thought it was a pretty good watch I would say I enjoyed it again not you know not as good as the the originals and like I'm not saying it's like oh my god it's an amazing movie but you know definitely like I I've seen worse and um yeah I'd say it's probably my I guess it's only my second time watching it but like uh you know it's definitely something I would watch again I wouldn't mind. I mean, it wasn't easy to watch. I can't, I can't deny that. But yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, all the characters that aren't the 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 bride and the groom are kind of just there. Uh, some of them, you know, they get introduced and they feel like they're going to be bigger characters. But you know, obviously, characters are dying left and right. They they get killed off quite quickly. Some of them, surprisingly, so in a few cases where it kind of feel like there was a couple where I was like, yeah, I feel like you could have done more with that character before you. <laughs> before you off yeah. them uh they kind of went for the surprise deaths maybe uh maybe too frequently i suppose but mm-hmm. uh that's a that's a relative minor quibble i suppose um uh, i mean other than that i don't have a whole lot to say before we get into the the meat of the movie um yeah yeah i mean <laughs> you know gore's good so I would say it's constant, but whenever you do get some, there's, there's a couple of key moments, especially that stick out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll go. I guess we'll. I guess we'll give the spoiler warning and, and get into it because <laughs> I I don't know how much else we can really talk about without it. Yeah. So, all right. So the first twenty minutes of uh, Rec Three. So we're in spoilers now. Just if I didn't make that clear. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically get home footage of like you know so there's a young guy i think his name's adrian who's filming the wedding on his little camcorder <laughs> and then we introduce to an actual videographer who's there with a steady cam uh <laughs> who that's you know adrian's really impressed by it. he's like whoa that's like a proper hd camera and all that blah blah, blah. um and it just it kind of sets up a kind of like a i won't even say a friendship just like a a friendly acquaintance between the two of them yeah uh early on uh, actually, just a bit of personal uh, note here is that I noticed the camera that this guy was using was the camera I used in the first year of university. So oh, um, cool. it, gave me a, it gave me a chuckle. And the timeline kind of adds up because this came out in 2012 and I'd have been, and I'd have been using that in 2011 to 2012. So yeah, so it's exactly the sort of camera that someone at this sort of level of professional mm-hmm. video making would be using. Uh yeah. I, I really like this character, and it, f- it does feel like a little bit of a wasted opportunity that he yeah doesn't stick around <laughs> very long. Oh, he goes very quickly, yeah, uh, once the, the stuff starts. So the the movie kind of cuts between, like, the, the different cameras. Um, in fact, it even opens with, like, a photographic montage of <laughs> the, the married couple. It's almost as if this is the final edited wedding video with, like, a song <laughs> playing and all the photos. But of course, the video never gets finished because everyone's going to die. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, they're cheating a little bit with that. But I, I get what they're going for, so it's it's fine. I get it. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean that that's a like a pet peeve I, I've had in like a lot of found footage movies. Like a lot of times, like they'll switch between different, you know, types of cameras or footage, which is totally fine. But then it does kind of you do lose a little bit of the mystique of just being like oh this is just like a you know uh like piece of footage or film that i you just randomly find you know i mean sometimes they'll give you a little text that starts saying that this footage was found and assembled by an editor or something with that to oh, right, right, yeah. explain it it doesn't do it here obviously and it doesn't do it <laughs> uh 
you know, and it wouldn't make sense here because you assume that the apocalypse happens, <laughs> after, yeah. you know, after this movie, and that's you know who's going to be around to edit this damn thing exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, we're introduced to some minor characters here. We're introduced to I think his name's Rafa, who's this guy who's friends with the groom who just cares <laughs> if this girl Natalie's going to come to the wedding. Uh, mm. We're introduced to the uncle who's been bit by a dog, uh, so that's kind of <laughs> you're like, oh, that's how we're going to have a zombie virus. Uh, very good. Um, I think that, that's probably why I, I think the first 20 minutes is a little on the tedious side, is that it is mostly just these snippets of, like, wedding home footage, which is, you know, some speeches being made, but a little bit of the ceremony, uh, some dances out in the, you know, the, the dance floor. Dance floor. <laughs> I was get shut up. <laughs> But like you know, it's, it's just all kind of these these snippets uh, to the point where I'm like, why why is it only these snippets? Like if you're filming this mm-hmm. for the purpose of it being a wedding video, it's kind of weird that there's just these little snippets of like the middle of a speech and a little snippet of the ceremony here or, or whatever. That's true. <laughs> like the editor went a bit mm-hmm. uh, snip happy if he's cutting out a lot of the the, the you know mm-hmm. like when they do their first dance, uh, you know, the first dance as a married couple. Like, it's shot from behind, and you can't see their faces. And I'm like, this feels like a, an odd choice to uh, <laughs> shoot from this angle. I mean, uh, just, you know. Am yeah. I, 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 I being too nitpicky here, Tim? Is this just all... No, that's fine. I mean, I, I think the way I took it is that most of that stuff is being done by, like, the younger mm. kid who is just kind of like, you know, he's, he's not a professional. He's just kind of like, oh, film whatever. And then, like, you know, the... You know, like, like, let's say if everything went according to plan and they had a nice, you know, there are no zombies and they just had a nice wedding video afterwards, you would think the majority is probably being done by the you know, professional guy who's probably getting, like, the better angles and stuff. And Yeah, he's, the Steadicam guy's probably getting the good angles, yeah. You're, you're probably yeah. right. <laughs> uh, it is kind of funny, though, because it switches to that camera and it is almost like a movie camera because it is the super smooth uh, yeah. <laughs> shot. Uh, in fact, I think this is the first one in this franchise that's shot in two, three, five to one as well. Uh, it's wider, basically, Tim. It's, it's, <laughs> gotcha. It's, it's wider like most movies are today. But anyway, uh, mm. yeah. So it basically it keeps this style until the the uncle like falls off the the balcony into the dance floor <laughs> and bites someone, and then very quickly chaos happens and they all run for cover. And we end up with the groom and a few characters in the kitchen with the door barricaded. And the groom grabs the kid's camera and smashes it. And that's when we get the title screen. And then we switch to traditional (laughs) movie. And from then on, it is just a normal movie. So, I don't know. Anything else you want to add about this first 20 minutes? Um, no, it's, uh, I, again, I, I didn't really mind it. it. It mostly worked for me. Like the, um, I didn't really find it too tedious just cause again, I, I thought the characters were you know, pretty endearing, uh, for the most part and it, it moves quickly. Uh, so it's not like, you know, super boring or anything. <clears throat> One thing that I do think is kind of like, kind of interesting is, is that they do get away from the found footage format, but I, I do feel like there's so many movies where, you know, it's like, uh, oh, come on. Why do they have like a camera in the first place? Why are they filming this? Why are they continuing to film this? Um, this is like a funny example. Cause I feel like I wouldn't have had those questions in this movie. Like, yeah, obviously, you know, if the, if he was filming throughout, it'd be like a little weird, but you can also say like, oh yeah, I mean, 
it's a crazy things going on that he wants to capture it and like you know especially if he is this kind of like wannabe filmmaker or something like you know this is like a you know a, a huge thing that dropped in his lap that he could make like a documentary out of or whatever so it actually would like yeah, you, you know, know unlike it, some movies like you question it like actually i wouldn't question if they kept doing it in this one i probably would have passed a certain point but now you're <laughs> mentioning it it did kind of feel like they were setting up a reason why this kid was going to keep filming at the start yeah. when he was like so impressed with the other camera um <laughs> yeah maybe that's like part of the joke though like you said like yeah he like smashes the camera and then it's like well i mean yeah the line yeah. of dialogue right before is like why are you still filming he's like oh i have to film people have got a right to see this it was almost like the exact dialogue you get in a found footage movie from the camera guy explaining why they has to yeah. keep filming <laughs> and then the grim smashes it almost felt like a break in the fourth wall moment of been the it was almost like the movie was making fun of its previous movies and <laughs> the you know the rest of the genre for all the the bullshit reasons that get brought up for why <laughs> the guy keeps filming although to be fair i think wreck one uh is the best you know it's like the, they're literally they're filming a news story and that's the whole point yeah. of the, the job like this is what they would be doing in the situation it was it was the one that i've had the least problem with out of any found footage movie because it just felt natural yeah sure. this is a, this is a news camera guy and a reporter of course they're going to keep filming because <laughs> this is their job and they've, they've literally landed on like the story of the century by being in the middle of it mm -hmm. so yeah. uh like that, that made sense to me um mm -hmm. whereas you know the guy filming the wedding i feel like after like his life's in danger i'd be like ah f this <laughs> and, yeah and, at some point you're gonna drop it so you can run faster or grab a weapon or something yeah especially if the guy with the steady cam i mean come on <laughs> that's a big rig yeah. that he's lugging around um and Sadly, he, like, because he's, like, a chubbier guy, when they decide to, like, go through a vent, he's like, oh, I can't fit through that. You just go without me. And then you don't see him again. And then until later in the movie, when the, the groom's, like, going back through the area, he's in the, the kitchen with his uh, wrists uh, slashed. And it's like, yeah, this is, like, a really sad, depressing little ending for this character who, <laughs> you know, didn't and really have a whole a lot. lot. Yeah, you don't see a lot of them, but he was pretty likable. Like, I, I feel like it should have gotten, like, something a little more. Like, at, at least give him like some badass like he dies you know like blocking off all these zombies while everyone escapes or something like that um i did find it really frustrating that you know they're trying to go you know through this grate in the floor and they uh you know drop the the one guy drops like his you know screwdriver or whatever that their little jackknife thing they were like using to unscrew it and then um they like instantly give up on that plan i was like uh, you, like, I don't know, you, you can't find, like, anything else, like... There's a kitchen, you know. there's, there's a lot of knives and stuff you could probably yeah, like, use to, yeah. <laughs> it still seemed like, yeah, that's, like, the, that was, like, the be the better plan and stuff that, I uh, you, you could have kept trying. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think here, there's, like, so there's the, the videographer, the Steadicam guys have been calling him, there's the character who we find out is, like, a royalty inspector oh yeah he goes to the yeah. wedding to like note down all the songs that are played so that the royalties can be paid now maybe it's like, different that can't be a real thing well, <laughs> maybe it's different in spain i know in the uk the way it works is that if you're a public like business of some kind so this goes for restaurants it goes for stores if they want to play music in their stores is there's just a general license you pay yearly to play music and that's it there's no you don't specifically pay to like every artist you're you're putting on the putting on the so uh so it's something that restaurants have to pay it's also why that some stores you'll notice uh you'll have like a like a cd that's like all covers it's because the, mm -hmm. it, it gets them around having to pay for the license to use the the music 
or to pay for, <laughs> it gets them around having to pay for the license to use mu- proper music so they have like a local band like do some covers and just play it <laughs> in, in the store I, i've seen that in a few places but by and large it's like you know it's one license you pay like yearly and you can play music and i assume that that would go for particularly for like a like a you know like a hall that's rented out for weddings and stuff like that mm. you would assume maybe it's a different type of license for that type of event because it's specifically parties with like a dj or whatever but you would assume there would just be a license <laughs> that they pay mm-hmm. to do that and that would be it maybe spain's different maybe spain's like oh we, they, no you pay for every single track like this is i don't know that seems insane to me like if you own the tracks like if you like when we had our wedding um we just basically like you know put a bunch of you know different songs on like an like a old ipod or some or iphone or something and just yeah like played the track list off that but like i mean but it's like it's all stuff that we own and we bought like yeah we should have the freedom <laughs> to play it whenever we want ah but the law doesn't see that way tim because i think if you're over <laughs> a certain amount of people it counts as a public like like perform well, not performance but uh mm-hmm. you know like it there's an audience for it. It's the same reason why you, you're technically not supposed to show like a DVD or a Blu-ray to a classroom mm-hmm. because that's too many people and that counts as like a like a a public showing of it. Uh, even oh, though sc- schools schools <laughs> do it anyway. Don't get me wrong. But if you yeah. ever read that text at the start of some DVDs and stuff, it does specifically say cannot be shown in prisons, schools, some some a few other ones. Um, that's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. So no, it counts as a performance. You know, it's like radios. A ra- the radio has to pay to use the song, so mm-hmm. you should have to pay to play it to a large group of people. Is kind of the the attitude. But that's a, that's the sort of thing that the place where you had your mm-hmm. wedding would have been covered for, not the people in the mm-hmm. wedding themselves. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's why you go there. And if you just do your own thing in some shack somewhere, then the chances of anyone like you know phoning the royalty police and saying, "Hey." So and so is uh, playing music there, and I don't think they've paid for a music license. <laughs> so again, I, I only know what the rule is in the UK. I assume it's similar in the US. I assume it's just a license you pay per year. I mean, I, I honestly, I've, I've never heard of it, but I mean, I'm not really, I'm not like organizing events like this. So yeah, obviously, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that does seem pretty crazy to me, but I I wouldn't be surprised, you know, people companies like money <laughs> oh yeah absolutely the, it's just the the idea though to like pay someone to go and like yeah because like presumably like yeah if they go and the, you know this place doesn't have the license and stuff like i don't know how much do they really owe <laughs> <laughs> move that damn cat he keeps bumping it in the mic to... <laughs> oh i'm sorry let me just uh throw my beloved cat across the room I throw my beloved cats across the room all the time. <laughs> he has much, as much a right to be here as as we do. He's part of the podcast. Oh, oh let's see. Oh, what's, uh, <laughs> what's, what's Damien's thoughts on Rec 3? She's uh, into it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, we have these characters and then the young kid, of course, who was filming. Um, and none of them last very long. Like, obviously, the, the Steadicam guy stays behind and presumably dies, and we see later that he's died. Uh, the other two come with the groom, but they get killed pretty quick. I don't even remember how both of them died, to be honest. They're kind of sneaking around. and The the royalties guy, I remember, they're, like, out in the parking lot, and he... 
Oh, he's the, uh, yeah, he's the one. They try to go in a car. Yeah, he's the one that dies at the car. You're right, you're right. Because they try to, like, he pulls off a woman who almost bites the main groom, and then he ends up getting bit. You're right, you're right. Uh, and then the groom and, and the young guy end up in a church with some survivors who are kind of, like, hiding out. And it turns mm-hmm. out that the zombies can't go in the church, which is an interesting mechanic, but it does kind of line up with where, you know, from the first two movies, like, where the, mm-hmm. the zombie virus came from. It came from this possessed girl, so it's, a, it's like a demonic zombie virus. So mm-hmm. that makes some sense. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, if, if, if anything, they probably could have played with that stuff a little bit more. They like, could have done, yeah. 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 Although at one point they said they don't like holy water. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not make a howling to a mistake and like <laughs> turn this into like some sort of weird like adjacent vampire like yeah. lore. Uh, there's no need for that. Uh, but yeah, well, but basically the, the the groom's like, no, I'm not leaving without my my wife. I'm gonna go back, go back <laughs> for my wife. Um, I'm not even sure how they get split up. To be honest, when the chaos happened, because they were literally dancing together. I think when. I think it's just like there's just like so many people that it's just like all this, you know, like a stampede and you just, you know, you get you get a few quick turnarounds and you don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think it's around ten we actually see where she is. She she's mm-hmm. actually with another group of characters, um, in like the the like the the I don't know the security camera room or something like that. It's that kind of area. This. <laughs> This like seemed like a little bit a little weird to me because it felt like this was just kind of like an old church, but then it's like has these like high tech like security rooms. Like it feels like like a like a news office or something, which I guess makes sense if it's like a you know if it's a, a pretty popular place with lots of antiques, you probably have security and stuff. But it just didn't really fit like the aesthetic of like the other areas. I felt like yeah, and obviously she wants to find her her husband, and it does this thing here where they both say because mm-hmm. uh, it cuts between them, but both of them kind of say, uh, uh, well, the husband says it first, but he says like, oh, I know she's alive, I can sense mm-hmm. her, and I'm like, that's a bit cheesy, and then because they're in the the, the security and communications room. The wife goes on the PA, and that's actually what reveals that she's alive. And she comes over the PA and says, mm-hmm. "Husband, I know you're out there, my love, because I can sense you." And I'm like, oh, "All right." Believe <laughs> <laughs> and she mentions she's pregnant as well. Oh yeah, she mentions she's pregnant during this scene. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Which which was teased uh, to the audience at the start when she was talking to her sister or whatever it was. <laughs> so yeah, she she so we cut to her and she's with uh, a priest. Presumably the priest who did the win, I would imagine. <laughs> um, and uh, not the sponge yet. They run into Joe Sponge soon, <laughs> but he's not with them at first. Like it's after they start moving around, they run into yeah. him. I got a little confused at first because I th- I thought the 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 sponge guy and the royalties guy I th- actually thought looked like pretty similar. So when we first met the royalty guy, I assumed it was just, like, the sponge guy out of the costume. I saw that I actually, until he said who he was, and then we run yeah. into the sponge guy later, uh, and it's like, okay, all right, you two guys are different. Um, and apparently, no. the guy in the sponge costume wasn't wearing anything underneath it, so he couldn't take yeah. the sponge <laughs> costume off. Now, I assume he just means that he's in his underwear, and the reason why he's not wearing anything else is because the costume just gets too hot, so that's why... Yeah. And that's fair enough. But the way he says it, he almost kind of felt like... Wait, are you just like kinky, you know? <laughs> Not wearing underwear, are you? <laughs> Let, letting the uh, the sponge just uh, caress your genitals there, buddy? <laughs> hey, you never know. 
Um, <laughs> uh, let's get, I was going to make a point about something. <laughs> um, but well, I, I forgot. We are waiting. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know about you, but I was getting like a little bit of like Resident Evil 2 vibes just in the sense of like, okay, yeah, like we have our two main characters, uh, but they're separated. and But then like, yeah, you're, you're getting kind of like bits and pieces of like, you know, each one's story and kind of lining up and then, you know, eventually uh, getting to meet up again. Um, uh, that, that was the, the thing that I reminded me of like, oh yeah, we're doing like the Resident Evil 2 formula. Of, I mean, I guess technically you could say Resident Evil 1 formula, but I don't know, it sticks out more in my mind as a 2. <laughs> well, the Resident Evil 2 story interacts with each other more, which is why I think you probably yeah. think of that. Um, <laughs> I can, yeah, I can kind of see what you're saying. I, I think uh, maybe the closest it ever really gets to feeling like that, though, is probably when the Braid does become a bit more of a badass and tries to, <laughs> you know, actually fight back a little bit. Because there's not a lot of characters in this who are very capable. You know, they're all just kind of scrambling to live, and, you know, mm. obviously they pick up some weapons and hit the zombies with it, but um, I don't think, other than, I think there's one guy who has, like, a shotgun, but there's, like, almost no firearms until the, the, the end. Of I, like I a, think it's the, the sponge, actually. Yeah, it's the sponge, yeah. Because yeah. uh, at the end, obviously, there's like the SWAT teams there and, like, you know, you mm-hmm. see like the, all that. But, like, but for most of the movie, there's, like, no firearms. It's just weapons that have been found. Luckily, these underground tunnels have a chainsaw and, like, a log. <laughs> uh, which, honestly, if anything, that makes me think of Silent Hill 2 because when you unlock the chainsaw in Silent Hill 2, that's where yeah. you find it. You find it just kind of in a log at the side of the road. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, that's very uh, reminiscent of that. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even really sure what those, like, tunnels were supposed to be. Um, I was like, all right, I mean, cool. I, I like an underground tunnel, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, Tim's, Tim's tells me all the time, guys, how much he loves a good underground tunnel. <laughs> it's neat. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, everyone's favorite part of every video game ever is the sewer level. <laughs> I used to, as a kid, we played in sewers. <laughs> uh, some, uh, it was like some like small sewers like uh, behind my house that me and my friends mm. went into a couple of times I think the the, the phrase negligent parents uh, is springing to mind right now <laughs> yeah it's uh, like the kids just ran wild in the 80s and 90s no one's, no one's looking after us <laughs> <laughs> they may as well had a sign around your neck saying come at me strangers Kidnappers and <laughs> deviants. <laughs> uh, if you can control them, you can have them. Uh, oh my! <laughs> oh, you'd have been a nightmare as a kid. I can just, I can, I can picture little hey, Timmy yeah. right now. No, I was a good kid. Come on. Mm, mm. Yeah, sure. I'll get my mom on the podcast. She'll confirm <laughs> it. <laughs> oh yeah, she could fill in while you're away on paternity leave. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, she sent me some, like, old, like, uh, you know, report cards and stories and stuff <laughs> I did as a kid. So I, I can I can show you my old report cards. They're, teachers are pretty complimentary. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of Fs peering on those report cards, I assume. No, it's all As and Ss and... <laughs> S is the, what, your schools use the uh, Japanese video game rating system where the S was better than an A? I think, like, for, like, really young grades, like, I think, like, kindergarten or first grade, I think there was, like, S's. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't That's know why. 
I, I only know that system from uh, video games. It tends to be Japanese-made games that oh, have yeah. like, the S as the higher rank than the A. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> S for special. Tim's a special boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with being special. We're all special. What, what was a 5% chance he's got a creepy doll uh, fetish, but other than that, he's a special boy. <laughs> Even then, they could see it. They could see the the Brahms loving your eyes. No, no? <laughs> okay. Uh, honestly, the middle There's of this nothing wrong with loving dolls, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the middle of this movie does kind of blur together for me a little bit because it's basically just the, sure. the husband like goes looking for her and he's like suit of armor with one other guy who dies relatively quickly. Um, and they're sneaking around, and there is a moment where, like, he's in the foreground, and you can actually see the the wife is like sort of climbing down like a rope from a window in the background. It's like, oh, they almost they just missed each other. Like, they, if they just noticed each other, they would have found each other much quicker. Uh, yeah, and that's basically it. the the wife's story takes her to like she she runs into the the guy Rafa who's with Natalie, and the joke is is that they're not even aware that anything's going on because we're too busy having sex. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Natalie dies really quickly. That's the whole thing. It brings up. This is one of the things I was talking about, where it sort of introduces like characters and then like sort of tries to give them a little bit of backstory right before they die. So it feels really kind of like a cheap way of trying to make us care. Natalie's a really good mm-hmm. example of that because when they're sneaking around after this, like Natalie and the bride have this moment where she's like, "Oh, I didn't know if you'd come." Natalie's like, "Oh, I wasn't sure if you wanted me here. I got a cheap flight." And it, mm-hmm. so it gives you this hint that they, you know, maybe felt you know they had a fallen out at some point. Maybe the, the relationship was strained. But this was like her, like showing up to the wedding is kind of like you know mending the friendship, um, and then literally the, the conversation is they're not even what taking a step away from the conversation. Like they're still standing at the end of the conversation when a zombie bursts through and bites Natalie, and it's like, oh, she's already dead. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so you tried to make me care about her a little bit, to give her a little bit of character right before she died, because before that she was just boobs in a dress. Like, cause literally at the start of the movie when the young guy's like filming people, he keeps zooming into boobs because he's young and. <laughs> you know, perverted. I think it's meant to be mm-hmm. charming. Oh, he's a young boy. Boys will be boys, but he's... <laughs> I feel I feel like when the married couple watch this back later, they're going to be like, uh, why is that little creep zooming into all my friends' tits? <laughs> yeah, at, at the same time, uh, I would like to see uh, a cut of that video. Um, <laughs> see, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. The director's uh, exact in- intentions but to me uh, it almost feels like another kind of like almost kind of breaking the fourth wall kind of joke like similar to like you know smashing the camera and stuff where like oh, okay you know they they are trying to do like oh yeah see we're doing the this kind of reunion moment to you know make you care about the character and then the joke is like oh no she's dead a second later like you know that was for nothing <laughs> but I don't know because I-, I thought it was kind of funny <laughs> <Obviously>. <laughs> Um, I don't know if the tone's quite right for me to take that as a joke, but maybe you're right. Maybe that's what the intention is. If that's the intention, I don't think it quite clicks, and therefore I think it kind of fails in what it's doing. But if that's the intention, then it, fair enough. At least it's a, it's, a, it's a different critique at that point, at least, than just sure. this is a terrible attempt at making me care. <laughs> but I mean, I guess I can care because the camera one's definitely like a, a joke. It's definitely like a breaking the fourth wall kind of moment. Uh, that I'm not convinced, but you know, 
you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I was surprised because there's a moment they get outside here and the bride's kind of like left on. Like Rafa and like the sponge guy are like, hey, uh, we'll go ahead and make sure it's safe. You stay here. And all I could think was, well, why is here any less dangerous? Like the zombies can like crop out of nowhere. Uh, And sure enough, we get this like slow sort of spinning shot around her that reveals a zombie in the distance. uh, And it's like pouring a rain at this point. It was just that really over the top heavy movie rain. Uh, and this zombie's her mother, and she's like, "Mother, no!" And the mother comes yeah. in and tries to bite her. Uh, and just before she gets to her, though, uh, Sponge Sponge Joe uh, shoots her in the back <laughs> and and saves the bride. Uh, but then he he like he basically dies in this scene. Like, again, it felt like he was set up as a relatively major supporting character mm-hmm. that was maybe going to have a bigger bit, and then he just dies in this scene after he saves her, like very quickly. Uh, it felt like every character has been thrown away just a little too quick, like. So ultimately, the it is really just about the bride and the groom. Like they yeah. are the main characters. Like everyone does, yeah, seem to go rather quickly. I guess Rafa, maybe I, I guess lasts like the longest. He lasts the longest, but he's not even mm-hmm. like he has like a big scene with the bride where they're in the tunnel. It's right after this because mm-hmm. they go into the tunnels and they try to get away, and she's like, "Hey, I'm not leaving without my bride. I'm not leaving without uh, Clado." Coldo. 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 Yeah, Coldo. I'm not leaving without my beloved husband, Coldo. And he's like, look, he's probably dead. If he was alive, he'd have probably given us a sign. Which felt like kind of a bullshit thing. Like, what sort of signs are you going to give? But the movie mm-hmm. actually almost, like, does a wink-wink, nudge-dudge here, where right at this moment, uh, the the husband who's sort of, like, back in the music hall plays their song really loudly, and they hear it in the tunnels, and she's like, you said there'd be a sign, Rafa. There's the sign. I'm going back for my husband. And there's a moment here where you think, Oh, is Rafa just gonna be like, eh, it, you know, it's not, it may not be him. We should probably still go. You're like, oh, is he gonna be a complete coward? Uh, mm-hmm. He does actually choose to go back with her um, after she, like, grabs a chainsaw and, like, you know, cuts her dress so she can run easier. Very uh, badass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's got a couple of cool moments here. I mean, honestly, it's the most fun scene in the whole movie is when they get attacked by zombies here. Rafa mm-hmm. obviously gets bit and dies. Uh, obviously, she, she decapitates him before he turns into a zombie mm-hmm. but the more impressive parts of this you know right before that when she's fighting the zombies uh she zombies through uh or sorry, she's zombies <laughs> through she chainsaws through a zombie's head is what i was trying to say yeah. uh, down the middle and, and that looks pretty good and i think my favorite part of that is that there's another zombie coming for her as she's doing this and she can't she actually gets the chainsaw stuck in this zombie's head so she's trying to like lift yeah. it out i thought that was a fun little like mechanical moment of like okay this is actually a fun kind of like survival bit and I, I thought it, <clears throat> it it was kind of fun like early on i think she it was she was having a little trouble getting it started so she just kind of just uses like you know the just the bluntness of the chainsaw to kind of like hit him in the head and knock him down which uh, i thought it was kind of funny because like yeah chainsaw is like a pretty heavy thing like oh sure yeah. you know you, you hit someone in the head with that they're probably gonna go down yeah and then the second thing she does is she actually Puts a chainsaw through the zombie's stomach and then sort of just sort of lifts it all the way up to get yeah. a, a, a complete split zombie, which is also very fun. Looks quite cool. And um, my only complaint about this scene is that at what point she does throw like it's not a roundhouse kick, but it's like a you know it's like a, like so let's say you're kicking with your left foot and you sort of like do like a sort of circular motion with it. It but basically what I'm saying is, is it felt like at one point there was a martial arts looking kick and I'm like wait a minute. <laughs> does she know martial arts is that what the movie's trying to tell us it just it felt like a little bit too i don't know like 
I, I, I don't know. It just it felt a little bit too like skilled, I guess. You know, it's I, a bit I, of a Mary Sue. Everything—that's not what I'm trying to say. But everything, <laughs> everything with the chainsaw felt like she was just like you know surviving with the skin of her teeth. Mm-hmm. She was using the chainsaw, um, but th- this is by far the most fun the movie ever gets. Is this scene? I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Like I, uh, I, I really like this character, and I thought the uh, the actress did a really good job. And like, yeah, at this point, even if it does, like. I mean, I guess, you know, don't really know much about the character, but even if it does seem like out of tone now that she's like yeah, doing karate and stuff, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm all for it. Like, yeah, be a total badass and just whoop zombie ass. Like, that's entertaining to me. I don't think I'd have a problem with it. See, if she did did the the, the kick and then she started doing more, like, martial arts (laughs) stuff and then throughout the movie it became clear, oh, she's got training or something. That'd be fine. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, fine. If that's what you're telling me, that's what you're telling me. But she never does anything like that ever again. It's just one moment where she does this little kick and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> that was a very specific type of kick, um, but you know that's that's whatever. So Ra- Rafa, uh, she cuts his head off before he turns into a zombie, uh, sort of ending her fun chainsaw scene, um, and then they kind of find each other really suddenly where she's running around the tunnels, and it's kind of they set mm-hmm. this up earlier because he dropped the screwdriver thing down the grate, mm-hmm. but he actually just happens to be looking down there, uh, trying to get through the grate when he sees her running past with a chainsaw. Uh, and he's like, my love, my love. And she's like, my love. <laughs> and she, you know, she gets the screwdriver, climbs up the ladder. He opens the grating and this is them reunited. This is them getting to try and, you know, run away. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things that kind of suck about this is that, um, yeah, she does have to leave her chainsaw behind, uh, when she's getting up, which, uh, is really annoying. Cause I, you know, it's such a cool weapon. I just want to see her throughout the rest of this movie. Um, and then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, so like at the beginning of the movie, they show that the, you know, the groom uses, uh, like this big sword, uh, to cut the cake. Yes. Um, and then like later on, you know, he's looking at the sword. So you're basically like thinking like, oh, like that's going to be his weapon. Like he's going to pick up the sword and, and start killing a bunch of zombies with it. But he, unless I, I don't know, maybe I missed it, but he never actually, uses a sword does he on the zombies well not on the zombies he does use it in a pretty prominent moment with her oh sure sure with yeah i don't think with the zombies no i don't know that's i don't it, it felt like a missed opportunity because like all, all i kept thinking was like oh yeah we got this bride with this chainsaw and this dude with a sword and like how badass would it be just to see them like oh, just the movie shit would have won so many points for me if like we had like a big scene with both of them with their weapons like yeah. just decapitating <laughs> zombies and shit like on their way out that could have been good fun. Uh, it's kind of funny that the sword, like, because you see him get it in the, the the hall before he goes to the uh, the, the kitchen where the grating is. He he sort of like picks the sword out of the cake, like it's the the, the sword in the stone, like it's still sitting <laughs> in the cake. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know, that was a bit weird. Oh, it also didn't look like a wedding cake, and I know that not every wedding cake has to be that traditional three tiered thing with a little bride <laughs> and groom on top, but it looked more like a birthday cake just because it was got uh, that's the rectangle, you know, simple cake. No, uh, didn't notice. I don't know. Uh, it's not a big thing. I, I guess what I'm saying is it looked a bit small for all those guests. I guess that's all I'm really getting. At. Mm. It looked a little bit small, but you know, mm. cake's Christ. nice. I, I, I love cake. I'm not complaining. Cake, more cake, oh, please, yeah. and movies. And I, I think sometimes what they do is like they'll have like maybe just kind of like you know the fancy presentational cake that they'll like you know have for like the bride and the groom to cut and serve people and stuff. But then like in the back they have a bunch of extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
cake that they, they might serve to people. I, I guess that's what I'm getting at, is they just look like a normal plain rectangle cake, and it was it didn't look mm-hmm. very ceremonial in any way. I guess it just kind of looked a bit basic, but yeah, I'm not judging. Maybe that's what the cake they wanted. <laughs> like, it's, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. Um, so they get outside, and it was daylight, kind of, by this point, effectively. Um, and they're running. Uh, but the, well, actually, no, before they get outside, so the, the reason when they get outside is because they're they're actually getting attacked by the zombies. They're breaking out of the <coughs> kitchen. Uh, they think they're going to die, and they're basically saying, I love you, thinking they're about to die. And then... Like, I don't know if it's like a scheduled thing or the priest has started it, but he starts, like, like as like a sermon starts playing over the tannoy. Well, the, because earlier in the movie, like, the priest is kind of running away and yeah. he he's basically scared, so he just kind of starts reciting a prayer. And when he does that, it stops the zombies dead in the tracks. So he, the priest kind of figures out, like, oh, like, you know, I, I can stop them with, like, you know, prayer or whatever. So he actually yeah. goes to, like, the sound system, and he's, like, reciting that stuff live. Yeah, which which is fine. Uh, the other the other connection to the original movie is that for some reason, and I, don't, I don't know if they ever did this in the previous two, but whenever you see a reflection of one of the zombies in this, you see the, uh, like the demonic possessed yeah. girl from the first two mm-hmm. movies. Which is not... I don't think that's a bad idea, but it, it just always kind of looked cheesy in this movie. Yeah, it felt really gimmicky and it felt kind of like, I don't know, maybe you could have someone have like a like a hallucination or something where they kind of mm. see it, or, or maybe maybe the priest, like because he's a biblical person, like sees mm-hmm. the true face of the demon or something like that, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like I, I don't hate the idea, it just, I don't know, to me it just didn't, it looked like kind of cheap and cheesy, like, I don't know, if there, yeah, if there's a way you could kind of maybe just get like a a better angle or just maybe have it look a, a bit more dramatic or something or, or like you said like yeah just a different way of viewing it uh that could be cool but yeah so it makes interesting all, idea though yeah so it makes all the zombies just kind of stand still and they're able to kind of just sneak past them and it's like okay all right so this feels like a a get out of jail free card uh <laughs> but when they're outside uh and their guards kind of down uh one zombie lunges at the bride and bites her hand and the the I won't say twist, but the sort of the the revelation here is that this this uncle character, the grandfather, had a hearing aid. He was deaf, so he couldn't hear the prayer, which is kind of funny. In the wait, yeah. so the body functions of the host of the zombie still matters when it's like a, a, a you know a prayer that's you know tr- meant to transcend like you know spirituality yeah. and all that i don't know it's kind of funny that it matters that you can't hear when i would assume that all of the body functions of all these zombies is kind of done but you know whatever yeah you'd think so <laughs> it, 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 it's whatever uh so I, I will say this i do like this that mm. she immediately is like i'm infected cut off my arm and he takes his sword mm. and he cuts off her arm and she's like thanking him and saying you did, you did good my love blah blah I do. It kinda... took so long though. Like we were like me and my wife were screaming. We were like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> the, like her whole arm is going to be infected by the time it takes you to cut off the I hand. Know, like... I know. <laughs> uh, that said though, I, one of the things that I've always heard with zombie movies is that this idea of cutting off a limb that's been bit is theoretically nonsense because of the speed of which blood like flows through your body that it, it wouldn't work. Uh... So I kind of do like that. There's almost like a twist here where. A minute later, when they think they've gotten away with this and just, she just has to lose her arm, that she starts turning anyway. Like, I kind of appreciated that. Although, I will say, her turning anyway and then him carrying her out 
the 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 the, the now set up quarantine tube, right? That's now there <laughs> that we recognize from the past two movies. He carries her out like a, you know, like a bride, like a, a husband carrying his bride, right? You know, officer in a gentleman <laughs> style. And she's already turned into a zombie, and he kisses her, and she turns while they're kissing and bites out his tongue, and that's when the SWAT team all fires. <laughs> is it just me or does this ending feel really dour compared to kind of the more later fun that the movie was was going for if it, if it was like it got really dark at the mm. end and give you this really sad ending about this 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 couple that have died together <coughs> um yeah no i mean i, mean, I, I think that's totally fair especially because uh again they you know I, I did find them likable so I didn't want them to survive. So, yeah, I would say it is a bit of a bummer ending. Yeah, because I was all about when she got back because I was like, wait, she was clearly the more likable one of these two. So it yeah. can't, it's going to suck if she, like, dies and he gets to live. I'm like, oh, come on, the wrong one. The wrong well, one she survived. Has a, she has a baby and everything, too. That Oh, she's also pregnant. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so... That is a bit of a weird downer of an ending, which is not out of place in a zombie movie per se, but this one's been relatively lighter to me in tone, even though like, everyone else yeah. has been dying, it still feels lighter. Uh, actually, that's the other sort of like oddly little moment to me, is that earlier on, so the characters that were in the church hiding that didn't go with the husband back in to look for the wife, he sees on the security camera when he's snooping around later that they try to like uh, escape on like a, a bus, but mm-hmm. the, he sees that the zombies get them. So everyone who was in there, including the younger guy who was helping him, presumably, all died <laughs> kind of off camera. Uh, yeah. That Again, that felt kind of throwaway. It was like, oh, you set up these characters who had survived and mm-hmm. all that happens with them is that they get killed. And you see like a part <laughs> of it on the security camera, but not much. It felt, it felt like it kind of just squandered all of its supporting characters in a, in a really weird way to me. Uh, yeah. Which is a bit of a shame, but... Um, yeah, I mean, maybe if they had, like, maybe bigger, more bombastic deaths or something, you could mm. kind of look over it a little bit. But, like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't mind that scene, but it wasn't, like, like you know, super cool or fun or whatever. It was just them trying to get on the bus and then the zombies get into. Yeah, and he acts kind of, like, shocked and saddened by it. But, you know, mm-hmm. most of those characters, we we only met really in that scene. I mean, I'm sure they were in the background at the wedding, but you know, as far as like actually mm-hmm. learning who any of them were, it was just that scene that he was in the church and wanting to go back for mm-hmm. his wife. So yeah, I guess like just some mm-hmm. of the elements feel a little bit rushed and they, they don't maybe utilize some of the characters they've got. And at times it feels a little bit cheesy. That, that, that's my mm-hmm. big thing with it. I think more than anything. Yeah. And then doesn't the, um, like the guards that are patrolling like the outside and and stuff uh like the people that are quarantined it uh don't they feel like a lot like looser than the like people from the first uh two movies if i remember correctly i feel like in the first movies they were like super gung-ho that like you just step even the tiniest bit outside Mm. like you're getting shot like with this one they're like don't come outside and they still walk like right through you know, the tunnel and they're like, don't do anything. And they even give them a little chance to, you know, get outside. And like, you know, even when, when they're like, Hey, she's infected. Like, you know, they still don't do anything right away until after, you know, she bites them and stuff. Yeah. It does kind of feel like they're forgetting just how strict they were in the last movie, just so they could have this dramatic ending. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just kind of contrived for the sake of the moment that they want, which, you know, I, I definitely felt the direction being weaker and it was a very different format to how the last couple were shot mm-hmm. but it does feel like 
this one is a lot more on the generic side of like how mm-hmm. to shoot a movie. Not that it looks bad per se, it looks fine. Uh, but like the first two are so inventive with everything they're doing. You know, the way that the first one's obviously found footage, and the way the second one incorporates the multiple head cameras and then switches to the traditional found footage. Like there's a there's a lot of weird like fun <coughs> mechanical qualities to the way it's shot in the first couple that is mm-hmm. part of why the movies work so well. Whereas this one, once it becomes kind of normal, it's like, okay, you're just a normal zombie movie now, so how are you going to separate yourself from all the other zombie movies? And I don't think it ever really does. It has some fun moments, mm-hmm. but I don't think it ever like sort of like says, oh, this is why Wreck 3 Genesis is worth seeing over, you know, a hundred other zombie movies. Uh, it's definitely <laughs> not the worst. It's definitely not a hard one to watch. It's, it's pleasant enough, and it goes through enough, which is why I'm not going to be too harsh on my rain. But it's definitely more middling compared to the the first two, which uh, oh, sure, sure. are kind of s- basically special, and then a really great follow up, and then this is just kind of eh, it's kind of like a weird spin off sequel that's just you know it's all right, it has some fun moments, but mm-hmm. doesn't really amount to much otherwise. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess we're I guess we're ready to rate if you'd like to take it away. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I don't really disagree with anything you said, but um, I, I just think the difference is maybe it doesn't bother me uh, as much, which um, I, I do like the first wreck quite a bit. Like it's, you know, it, it's pretty high up there uh, on the list for me, but I guess I don't also really consider it like, you know, super sacred enough that uh, I'm, I'm going to be like too judgy on the, the sequels or whatever. Um, so... Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a pretty fun, easy watch. Uh, I, I like the the characters, mostly the bride, which uh, you know, which it does feel like it does kind of become her movie. Uh, you know, at, at a certain point. Um, but there's there's enough uh, you know, fun stuff with her and with the kills and uh, and it is like you know such a quick movie that um, yeah, actually, I I, I would say yeah. It, it's hard to maybe go super high and be like, oh my god, I loved it. Um, but I'm like, oh no, that was like a fun watch. Um, I think I also remembered it being kind of bad, so maybe as a coming in from more of a negative place, I maybe you had more expectations like, this time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, actually, no, I, I didn't. I didn't mind it. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, like like we said though, it's not like doing anything different. It's not like you know crazy special or anything so like i can't really give it like a super high score but i think i'll go about a 6.5 i think it's enjoyable mm. uh i like the characters there's some you know badass moments there's some funny moments um and then you know there's some cheap stuff here and there and then yeah um it's it, it definitely gets a, a lot more rough if you compare it to you know the previous two movies which were definitely you know more of a special <laughs> thing but I mean, on its own, it's just a pleasant enough, easy watch that I'd recommend it to someone if they like the, you know, the first wreck or, or whatever and want to, you know, keep going with it. But yeah, the third one's fun enough to watch, but maybe don't, you know, have your hopes super high. But yeah, I I think I'm going to go with a 5.5. 5. Uh, to me, it's, you know, it's a bit over the line because there is some fun moments and it's not a hard watch by any means. But it, it doesn't really accomplish much either. Uh, this, you know, maybe that sounds a little pretentious, but it, it, I don't know if I ever really felt all that much into it, and I don't think it ever separates itself from other better zombie movies. Uh, it, it kind of feels like mm. it's definitely better than some other ones that I, I hate from the last 20 years, don't get me wrong, but right. uh, it doesn't compare to any of the, the, the great ones that came out in, in that time frame. 
you know it, like you know it's it's not a, like i think you could sit and make a kind of argument between wreck and train to busan and like okay w- which one are you are you siding with uh i don't think mm. wreck 3 can be in that conversation not that it has to be you can have just like <laughs> a fun movie but mm. um you know it feels like i liked it a little bit more the first time i saw it i think it's down a little bit in my estimation now mm-hmm. um you know, I'm not sure like where I rank it in like zombie movies from the last twenty years. If I'm trying to like place it in there, like I don't know, <laughs> I'd have to like sit and think about all the other zombie movies that came out. But I mean, there's so many movies. But I mean, like I just off the top of my head, though, I I would think like it would it would be maybe a bit more in the middle because I do think it is, you know, a, a lot more watchable than like you know a lot of the really bad ones that you know we've seen. But then also like. Yeah, it's not going to come anywhere near like classics like, yeah, the first wreck or Train to Busan or yeah, even if you you know if you go far back farther back with like you know Night and Dawn and Day of the Dead and all those stuff like yeah, it, it's oh, yeah, not going to yeah. hold a candle to <laughs> anything like that. Yeah, yeah, it's better than Peelers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, the, the problem is is like the two thousands <laughs> there was like zombies were so popular for a while that there's such like a glut of like really bad cheap like zombie mm. movies like and especially ones that were like very gimmicky like there's always yeah like peelers like the zombie stripper movie the, and then the movie that's coming in my head right now is scout skate to the zombie apocalypse and i'm trying to remember sure. if i think that's better or worse than this because it's probably in the same kind of mm. tier for my memory yeah. but again maybe if i watch it again i'll be like no 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 this is this is terrible it doesn't work but that, that's that's the kind of like caliber that I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking in my head right now yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, there was a lot of zombie movies. The two thousands and early twenty tens had a lot of zombie movies. There's no, yeah. there's no denying that. Um, I like it better than Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, mean, I actually like the idea of Maggie, but I thought it was super boring when I tried to watch it. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not trying to just compare it to every zombie movie. Mm. I just, I, I felt like I, I wanted to try and gauge it and like the. You know, the perfectly watchable with some fun to be had sort of range, but um, nothing special. I would take it over, you know, the fourth season of The Walking Dead. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, it's only 80 minutes long versus any season of The Walking <laughs> Dead, which is hours and hours and hours long. Uh, but, okay, there you go. That's uh, that's Wreck Genesis. That's three out of four of this franchise done. Uh, we'll <laughs> come back at some point, someday, with the fourth one. Uh <laughs> Probably sometime next year, I would imagine, if I was to guess right now. Uh, do we ever do the American ones? We haven't. So I, I guess after four, we could do mm-hmm. Quarantine. Was there a Quarantine 2? Uh, there was, like, a straight to, like, DVD one, which, oh. <laughs> if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, I believe it takes place on a plane. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right, yeah. well. That's Again, fun, that was another one that had. was, like, on netflix for a while that i think i tried to watch i was like nope mm, well I, su- I suppose when we're done with four we can yeah we can talk about doing quarantine mm-hmm. one and two but uh yeah so three out of four though the original franchise not too shabby um mm-hmm. so hopefully you had some fun with our thoughts on this and mm-hmm. uh yeah let us know what you thought of wreck genesis in the comments below like subscribe ding the bell for notification of course you can get access to the back catalog of all the bonus episodes on patreon.com slash tv for three dollars mm-hmm. per month uh, or five dollars per month if you want access to even more streams as well which is a monthly show where we talk about all the random horror movies we've been watching uh 
you know, not enough for review for the show, but just, you know, all this, the different stuff I've been watching. It's sort of a horror movie catch-up. Um, uh, obviously, they're on, they're on pause whilst Tim's away uh, on paternity leave, but uh, nice back catalogue to catch up on. And there's obviously bonuses for the other shows that we get from Male Fuzz movies, such as The Collector's Cut and The Atomic Cinema Experiment. So please do check out those and see if you're interested um, in all the content. Uh, so I will thank our Patreon producers uh for the month tim i know you're just pretending to be frozen <laughs> i'm not buying it uh thank you to tyler hess in the david short born christopher moy david brown and al treisman thank you to you all for supporting us thank you to everyone who supports us on patreon and uh anyone who shares us out with friends and clicks the, yeah, the likes a lot. and what stuff don't sound sarcastic when you say that tim it's bad etiquette <laughs> I'm a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> you just said you were a good boy. You were bringing up your report cards and everything. Yeah, that was until I got my heart broken. <laughs> now I'm the bad boy of podcasting. <laughs> Who broke your heart, Tim? Who was it? Tell us. We'll sort them out. <laughs> I can't tell you because it was one of the patrons. Oh, no. Oh, no. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, I was going to say we can kneecap them, but maybe that's a bit counterproductive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's what screws after mm-hmm. midnight. Thank you very much for joining us. I th- I think it's like June by the time you get this episode, maybe July, depending. <laughs> so June gloom. So it, or I mean, June moon, the enchantress. <laughs> it, it's early February for us, but by the time you're getting this, it's the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. So enjoy your 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 rec thongs. three review. Your thongs. <laughs> yeah, that's what you wear in the, th- the summer. <laughs> I said summer. <laughs> summer. <laughs> I like to listen to thongs on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, enjoying summer. Uh. Thank you very much for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>